DraftKings Sportsbook is not only my favorite sportsbook, but also America's top-rated sportsbook. Speaking of America, our top athletes are over in Tokyo competing for gold, and DraftKings has a medal-worthy offer just for our listeners. Listen to this. Place any pre-event wager of $1 to be eligible to cash $100 in free credits if America wins any medal this year. That's 100 to 1 odds on an American athlete to stand on the podium and receive gold, silver, or bronze this week. DraftKings is easy to navigate, has plenty of instructions for new bettors, and nearly limitless ways to get in on all the action. My friends and family have been loving DraftKings Sportsbook, and I know that you will too. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 in free credits if America wins a single medal. That's code THPN to turn $1 into $100 in free credits. For a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. And welcome to the Tip of the Iceberg podcast, brought to you, as always, by the Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Nick Berlansky. As always, I'm joined by Nick Horwat, and we are here on a special Wednesday live edition of the Tip of the Iceberg podcast, as we are live in the midst of the Seattle Kraken expansion draft, at least the official showing of the Seattle Kraken expansion draft, which most people know We knew all these picks at about noon Eastern today, but it is now official that two former Penguins have been selected by the Kraken. Jared McCann, who spent a a cup of tea, if that, in Toronto, is now on the Kraken. And so is Brandon Tanev, who was there in person sporting the new Kraken Road uniforms. But Horat, we have a lot to get to because as Hunter Hody is a good friend of ours and the host of the Locked on Penguins podcast, has said... We got cap space, and that is the big thing that we will be taking away and discussing about the Pittsburgh Penguins and the fallout from the expansion draft for Seattle. Obviously, you're wearing a Seattle Kraken shirt. I'm wearing, I don't have any Kraken gear, but I'm sporting the other expansion team, most recent expansion team, some Vegas Golden Knights gear. But like we mentioned, Brandon Tanev selected from the Pittsburgh Penguins, Jared McCann selected quote-unquote, from the Toronto Maple Leafs. But, Horat, before we get into all this, what have you thought of the expansion so far? Because they're still about halfway through the show. But so far, so so good, I guess I could say. What what do you think? Uh, Well, because all of the picks were leaked and reported and tweeted out earlier in the day, uh, I've had legitimately zero interest to watch it. So I've been watching (laughs) um, the Hockey Podcast Network stream that we were going to be part of, but then we decided to do this. So sorry, guys, but hey. I've uh, watched Steve Dangle for a few minutes until I realized it's just him and Jesse talking, so that's not as fun. Uh, and I've just been kind of flipping through streams because, again, I have no interest in watching, knowing that the team's right here. Uh, if you listen to the full episode tomorrow, slash today, whenever you're listening to this may be, uh, in our shadows and calls, we get into why I'm mad at certain people about this whole situation. <laughs> but for what it's worth, it seems like um, people are enjoying it. Uh, people 
are there and people are happy for this team and excited for this team as you should be i think the lineup mm-hmm. that we saw all tweeted out it's not that strong but they have plenty of cap space to get stronger and yeah. uh the window is not over we do have cap space <laughs> i i mentioned tanov in a very scathing article i wrote the other day so mm-hmm. yeah yeah no it's cap space is probably the only good thing to come from this uh, there's, I think there's a couple other good things. And when you talk about the Seattle Kraken, obviously the pick from the Seattle Kraken for the Pittsburgh Penguins is Brandon Tanev, as we expected. Horat, before we get into what this means for the Pittsburgh Penguins, where they sit now with the expansion draft over, I do want to talk about Tanev himself. Yeah. And, and you can't do that without talking about the fact that we were very, I don't know how to say this, kind of hesitant whenever the Penguins signed Tanev, as a lot of people were when they saw the contract that Jim Rutherford signed him to, it initially being a six-year deal with a $3.5 million average annual value. I mean, if you look at it now, and now that it's over, we had Brandon Tanev on technically a two-year deal worth $3.5 million. That's pretty good value right there. Yeah, and we got some good work out of him. It's not like it was totally horrible, but... Um, it was not a good signing, and it was one that I said on multiple occasions at the end of every season, because of the style of game he plays, you have to kind of review it and know if this, and mm-hmm. you know, make an assessed judgment of if it's still going to be worth it going into another year. Uh, because he's prone to have a sharp decline in play. Let's put it blatant, or put it uh, bluntly, just the way it is. The way he plays, it could mm-hmm. be just a sharp decline. For now, he's okay. Seattle's getting a hell of a player with him. But um, who knows? Where, who really knows where he's going to play because uh, Mike Sullivan loved to play him in the bottom six. Yeah, Mike Sullivan had him in the bottom six a lot. I, I, I'm trying to bring a video up here. I'm not sure whether or not it's going to play. Just a couple of TANF highlights. He wasn't a guy that scored a lot of goals for the Pittsburgh Penguins in his time here. He do, did score a couple big goals. I know the one on the screen right now is his overtime goal against the Colorado Avalanche. His first goal as a Pittsburgh Penguin. But it, it last season, only seven goals, 16 points 30 in 32 games played. He did deal with injuries, as you mentioned, and that was a huge thing. I'm just going to take this off the screen. It's kind of <laughs> lagging. But as you mentioned, he plays a very rough style of game. He likes to hit. And he even said that on the ESPN broadcast just now because he was in person for the Seattle Kraken selection. And he said he likes to hit, and it's a tough game that he likes to play, and that will wear down on him. And I think the problem with that being in four years, when he's still worth $3.5 million, we saw him only play 32 games this season. If he continues to play that game, does he continue to get injured? No one really knows. But at this point in time, the Pittsburgh Penguins lose Brandon Tanev and his $3.5 million cap hit. If you look at what Tanev brought, I think more than anything, he brought charisma mm-hmm. and he brought personality. And that's why he was a fan favorite. And a lot of fans were upset whenever Tanev's name started getting thrown in. And I understand it. Trust me. I really enjoyed Brandon Tanev as a Pittsburgh Penguin, especially this past season. I mean, it started with the headshot. You have the mustard pack and everything like that him basically punching Crosby or pushing Crosby over and in a mic up segment. We enjoyed Brandon Tanev while he was here, but at the same time, he, he was a fourth liner and we need to look at it in the way that we can look at it now, which is the Pittsburgh Penguins just cleared up a grand total of around $7.5 million in cap space, a little bit of wiggling room for Ron Hextall who inherited, as you mentioned in your article that you wrote a very, very tough situation. Mm-hmm. 
No, it and it was all the decisions he made from the past few years. I mean, I mean, we only, we don't need to dig completely into the past few years, but it kind of started with uh, the whole Ryan Reeves situation, and then shortly after that, this deal was signed of you know Tana for however many years for three five, which again, the money the number isn't terrible, but it's the term the length of that contract and the fact that he had a modified no trade clause that was uh 10 teams mm-hmm. good luck trading that uh, it, like i said if he's if the sharp decline hits it hurts and he was also oh i forget if he was if he lasted a year longer or ended the same year as crosby he ended the same year as crosby him and crosby equaled out in how long that they were under contract as the longest forwards signed for the Pittsburgh Penguins. I think Gensel's out there now too. I don't I actually don't think Gensel is. Right now our longest tenured player is Marino, followed by Matheson mm. and then Sid. Mm. I believe. Yeah. yeah. I was talking about forwards, but yeah, you're right on with the with the Oh, forwards. There. Yeah, I think it is Gensel. Gensel and Sid are, are are the two leading ones because Gino's contract is up after next season, which we we still have plenty to talk about with that not on this episode, but before we continue talking about the Seattle Kraken, I do want to mention the winners of our Pittsburgh Clothing Company giveaway. Yes. We're going to do that right now. Why not? We're 10 minutes into the live stream. For any of you watching, if you entered, it was it was pretty close. There was about 35 people that entered, and we're giving away two, two shirts. So it's a good opportunity. Very low, or I guess high odds. And the winners are at DLock13 and at the only Pittsburgh Trish. So congratulations to the both of them. We will put a post out on our Twitter page at Iceberg Podcast, and we will also send them a direct message trying to get which t-shirt they want, which size, and where we can send it to. But congratulations to you two. We are at right now about 806 followers on Twitter. I'm just going to say this. If we get to 1,000 before the season starts, there's going to be another giveaway, and it's going to be one of the best giveaways we've we've done so far. So definitely, if you want to retweet this, if you want to tag us and anything if we get to a thousand followers before the start of the nhl season there's going to be another really good giveaway i'm sure we'll do another giveaway to start the season but if we're at a thousand it's just going to be that much better right yeah and yeah shout out to the winners i missed the names i was trying to look for something but yeah shout out to the winners mm-hmm. go get you a uh get, get yourself a tanif shirt while it's while that while you can man from the company who knows mm-hmm. <laughs> They're, those are the, some of their better shirts, but uh, get those while you yeah. can. Maybe find a new one. I'm sure they'll have new uh, designs coming soon, too, so who knows. Uh, mm-hmm. But, yeah. Keep, also, yeah, absolutely. Keep an eye out for more giveaways, always. More giveaways and more content. That's basically what we're about here at the tip of the iceberg. We like to give things away, and we like to give content as, as best as we can, at least. But let's talk about the other Pittsburgh Penguin that was taken in the Seattle expansion draft. I guess technically not a Penguin. He was taken from the Toronto Maple Leafs, but that's Jared McCann. This selection, both Dominic Moore and Fowler said that McCann could be the Jonathan Marcheseau slash William Carlson of this year's expansion draft, where he goes off next year and kind of makes a name for himself. Horwat, do you agree with that sentiment? Yeah, you know what I kind of do? Because he's going to be on a team that uh, barring any big signings or big trades, he's going to be one of the better goal scorers on there. Uh, him and Eberly, but I mean, Eberly might not even be able to carry the load anymore. Because uh, I look at this roster and I really do wonder who else can score. It's um, 
between him, Yanni, Yanni Gord. Gord, yeah, and that's someone's got to have to pop. Someone's gonna have to pop off, and it may as well be him because we know he is someone who already has that ability. He just needs to utilize it and find his consistency because that was, you know, one of his low points uh, while with Pittsburgh. Yeah, consistency was the major word when talking about Jared McCann. And if you look at it now, as as I mentioned earlier, with McCann coming off the books for basic, well, for no cap penalty for the Pittsburgh Penguins, with Brandon Tanev coming off the books, those two combined alone create 6.45 roughly million dollars in cap space, which again, I said, totals them out at 7.4 with a week to go before the free agency period. That gives them probably more space than they've had since prior to Jim Rutherford becoming the general manager. Definitely, obviously, since before Ron Hextall becoming the general manager. So this is a lot of cap space, and there's going to be more because Frank Saravalli, who we talked about plenty in our shout-outs mm-hmm. and call-outs that are coming up, he did put out that following the expansion draft, the Penguins are going to be looking also to move Marcus Pedersen and Tristan Jari as a priority. That's going to be one of their top priorities is trying to move those guys out. Wesley Reed, who is a big listener of the podcast and has been supporting us for a while, he asked that very question. Do you think Hextall will try to move Pedersen this offseason? Yes. In fact, there's reports that, again, like I said, Saravalli reported that that is going to be a priority now that the Seattle expansion draft is over. So not even started, really, barely the tip of the iceberg, if you will, on the moves made by Ron Hextall. I know you made that that pun last mm-hmm episode but i figured i'd give it a call back absolutely because it's a great uh great pun for us and yeah it, <laughs> it's this upcoming offseason how i mean i just i remembered this uh in between our recordings today um mm-hmm. how many times did we say after rutherford left that this offseason for the penguins is gonna be a doozy it's going to mm-hmm. be they're like we meant like we thought there could be you know fire sales of players there could be Uh, drastic changes i think at some point or another you know there was always the talk i mean there's always been the talks of um could malkin or letang be on the trading block well we've got got the confirmation that that's not happening but everyone else is pretty much free game and you know with mccann being a player you would think was a necessity to a necessity to keep around he's gone well, now there's Pedersen probably getting uh, moved out with Jari, who, you know, at the beginning of the season, we thought Jari's our guy. He's the number one. Um, Rutherford signed him to a deal that, you know, wasn't awful, but it's starting to look awful since he has not looked good. Um, so, yeah, like we mentioned, hey, this if, if the Penguins fall apart, which they did, this is there's going to be hell to pay and here we are we're in it mccann was the first uh casualty first casualty as i put it yeah and then tanev you're not gonna call it a casualty because it there kind of was no real um maneuver that was made by the team for that to happen just you're just taking the expansion draft just hard luck and now other casualties that could be following are patterson and jari which Patterson is not as surprising. That's a deal you want to get off the books now. And Jari, you know, that's the shocking one. But it is what it is. And you're 
Former goalie general manager wants to see a good goalie in there. Former Conn Smythe winning goalie, I should say. Yeah, when you look at those guys in Pedersen and Jari, we already talked about the space that is available because of what we've seen in the expansion draft. But if you take those two out, I understand that we're probably going to be bringing back cap space in one of those two moves. But if you take those two out, there's $14.97 million in salary cap space. For Pittsburgh Penguins fans that have been staring down the barrel at the gun that is the Penguins cap friendly page, I don't think I've seen that since I started actually using cap cap that much. Yeah, that much salary cap space. So it's something that's going to be interesting because we don't know what Hextall is going to do. We know he's looking to upgrade in net. We know that he likes some of the players that he has in the system like a P.O. Joseph. We don't know where we're going to see Sam Poulin or Nathan Legare. We might even see Philip Hollander in the NHL before we see Mm -hmm. those two, who we just acquired from Toronto, and the Jared McCann deal. So there's a lot that is yet to happen in this offseason, and it's already the end of July. We only have two months until the start of the regular season. So it's going to be a wild ride, and it all starts next week during training. uh, Sorry, not training camp, but... Start starting with the free agency period. The Penguins do have some draft picks coming up. Not many. If you want to know who they're going to take, I'm not the one to tell you. Go read Jesse Marshall's piece in The Athletic that went out on Wednesday. They have a second-round pick, a fifth-round pick, and three seventh-round picks. And that is it. So not a lot of draft capital, as everybody already knows that. But, I mean, if you look at those long-term, kind of higher-priced contracts that Ron Hextall and Brian Burke inherited whenever they came to Pittsburgh, they've unloaded a couple of them now. Brandon Tanev, they unloaded. They unloaded. I mean, Jared McCann's wasn't long-term, but they unloaded a bigger contract. We'll see what he does with it. I like the value of McCann's current contract, but if they can circumvent that into a goaltender that's pretty good or a goaltender that I'll throw a name out there, John Gibson, I know it's probably not going to happen, but a goaltender of that caliber, it's worth it. it. It is worth it because you do have the players to replace him. We don't know. Uh, we expected Jason Zucker to be gone tonight. He's not. That's $5.5 million. If that's moved on from, that's even more cap space. So you're looking at a Penguins team that there's several moves to be made, and I'm not exactly sure what moves they're going to be. Yeah. yeah. We don't know what they're going to be. And don't forget, we have that cap space. We still have a couple of free agents we got to resign and at the beginning of um all of this before mccann was traded before tan got taken off it's we had no room we had a million dollars in cap space and had three forward forward wise we had three restricted free agents Mm -hmm. you're not signing those three guys with in in under a million dollars zach aston reese himself is gonna garner a little more than that which by the way i think yeah, I was about to say, let's talk about yeah. that a little bit. We do still retain Zach Aston Reese's RFA, yeah. but I think they'll sign him for a million and a Absolutely. half. Absolutely. Zach Aston Reese will stick, will sign low because he's not a high profile, high contract type player. That's solid. The fact that Seattle didn't take him, like, let's be real, that's a help to your team. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, I mean, looking at the rest of the, again, I'll keep going back. Looking at the rest of the team right now, I mean, Zach Aston Reese isn't helping that out. He's not. He's got your defensive uh, mindset, bottom line set 
but that's it. That's all he can really offer a new team like Seattle, whereas in Pittsburgh, uh, he's got his room to grow again. You know, he's coming under another new contract. Don't expect it to be too super long of a term, but um, he's playing in a place he's already known. He's, oh, you know, fa- excuse me, familiar with um, the system, with the style of play, with what his role is now with mm-hmm. just Teddy Bluger. And that's, again, also another contract that got re-signed. Great deal. It's going to be interesting to see who they stick with those two because um, if there was one line that was stapled together through the past two seasons, it was, you know, Bluger, Aston yeah. Reese, and Tandem. Now it's going to be interesting to see who they stick in there. Um, was there a time, because I know everyone got hurt this year, that Aston Reese and Bluger, it was just those two and Tanev was hurt? Yes. Yeah, there, there was a time that that was the case because once Aston Reese came back from shoulder surgery, he was in the rest of the season. Okay. And Bluger was healthy at towards the end of the season when Tanev was still out. So they, I don't remember who they put him with. I think Freddie Gaudreau, if I remember correctly, was the guy that they, they saddled on that line. And I think also for a game or two, Anthony Angelo played on that line. But, I mean, if you're going to say you're going to lose one of those three players – he might be the most charismatic. He might be the biggest fan favorite, but you're going to pick Brandon Tanev because he does bring a lot of energy to the table. But your two best penalty killers are Aston Reese and Bluger. So to be able to sign Bluger for the contract that you did and be able to retain Aston Reese, at least at this moment, before trying to sign him, I think that's a, a good step for Ron Hextall and Brian Burke, and I think they're probably pretty p- pleased right now with the way that this has all transpired this week. Yeah, they have to be. I'm... I mean, again, it's not a Pedersen contract out the door or a, uh, mm-hmm. uh, a Zucker out the door, but it's more help than what they were going to get if they did take mm-hmm. Zach Aston Reese because contract. Again, we got this. We got yeah. a little bit more space now. Again, it's not all the breathing room we would have wanted, um, but you add in the McCann deal and then the possible Jari and Pedersen deal, and it's all of a sudden you're looking – Kind of nice. You know, you've got a little mm-hmm. bit more breathing space. You can maybe go out and find a nice big free agent or find a new goalie and figure it out and continue on. Um, the yeah. whole protection of Mike Matheson still baffling me, but again. Yeah, but they wouldn't have taken him anyway. I, you know, I get it. <laughs> I, I, it didn't seem like they were looking to take any defenseman from Pittsburgh. It seemed like it was down to Zach Aston Reese, probably never Jason Zucker. I, I think they were would have, take, would have taken Zucker if the Penguins would have thrown one of those first-round picks their way that they were asking for certain things, and definitely weren't going to do that if you're Ronnie Hexel. Speaking of that, has there been have any of these picks come with compensation, or has a trade been announced yet? Because that was kind of the one thing. Since all the picks got leaked out and put out, that was kind mm-hmm. of the one thing that reporters like, hey, you should tune in anyway because there might be trades and there might be compensation. Has there been any of that yet? Not up until the Penguins one. I know I haven't watched since. I did record it to to see what the rest of it was, but not up until the Pittsburgh Penguins selected was there a trade made. I would have expected maybe Florida would have made they would have made a trade with Florida to make sure that they took Drieger, but I, I didn't see anything. What I think, looking at this Seattle one, and what we're gonna talk a little bit more about the Penguins before we fully jump in to what we've seen on the roster for Seattle, but what I think I think Seattle's gonna do they're going to probably hit the free agent market pretty hard. Mm -hmm. I think that's where they're going, and I think they also have a couple trades in place. But that's just my personal opinion. They should because, I mean, beating a dead horse, this team doesn't look great right now. But And that's 
But that's what made Vegas very interesting whenever they picked their team. Yeah, some of their main players came from uh, the expansion draft, but they made a flurry of trades immediately following the uh, their expansion draft. And that's kind of what built them into a cup finalist that season. Um, mm-hmm. It's very interesting. I think the bar was set super high for Seattle, so yeah. he's kind of screwed them there. But... Uh, who knows? It's uh, that's what they're definitely have to do. And with all that cap space, they're they have their eye on someone. They have to. I would imagine so. And you talk about trades for the Vegas Golden Knights. Obviously, that brought in Riley Smith along with Jonathan Marchessault, who ended up being two of their best players. Uh, I believe that also brought in a guy like Alex Tuck and also a guy like Shea Theodore, who had Norris votes this past season. So it definitely helped the Vegas Golden Knights, and I think that also hurt the Seattle Kraken because NHL general managers, as we saw last Saturday, were not going to allow Seattle to just take what they want in order for the rest of the 30 teams to stay intact. I think the rest of the 30 teams knew that, hey, we need to get something out of this. And hence, we saw, obviously, Hollander and a seventh-round pick back to Pittsburgh in favor of Jared McCann to Toronto. And we, we mentioned earlier... We know that they got rid of a couple of the longer-term contracts signed by general manager Jim Rutherford. There's still a couple on this roster. Mike Matheson comes to mind. That is obviously the worst of all of them. But also, John Marino and Jake Gensel. They're longer-term contracts, higher cap hits. The only problem is there is a higher opportunity they yield successful results throughout the entire length of those contracts. Yeah, you have a little more confidence in those two. Uh, yeah, especially with Gensel, a point-per-game player the last two yeah, years. Yeah, Gensel you have confidence in. Marino you just hope it wasn't a sophomore slump because that's a long, that's a big deal to just kick out the door yeah. if he doesn't turn it around. So he needs to have a good season this year or, oh boy. Uh, because we had, if anyone remembers a long time ago, we had Matt Vensel on the show and I asked him, who do you think the future mm-hmm. captain of this team is? Because one day Crosby's going to be gone. And I was a little surprised by hearing a John Marino answer. So, that's not a guy you want to see um, flub his chances in the NHL. Yeah, when you look at those two guys, you're hoping that they can produce to the levels that we know. Obviously, Jake Gensel hasn't shown any signs of slowing down. John Marino had a rough second year, but if he can revert at least 75% of what we saw in his first year, then I think you can at least have a lot more confidence after the following season. So I have confidence John Marino can come back. I'm not exactly sure what's going to happen with the rest of the roster, though. It's going to be fun. And you mentioned Zach Aston Reese. We can see a signing coming for him probably in the next week or two. But if you look at the rest of the Pittsburgh Penguins roster right now, there's a lot that remains to be seen. They do have seven forward or defensemen under contract. They have two goalies under contract. And now they're down to, I believe, either 10 or nine forwards. But that's also with Anthony Angelo in the minors. That's also with some other guys that could come up signed, but it's still in the minor leagues. But it's a lot of moving and shaking that's going to happen. And we've just seen the beginning of it with Seattle. Yeah, we have. And it's um, it'll be interesting to see what the future holds, this summer holds for this team, because, again, things need to happen. You mentioned all those players that, are, that need to be re-signed and that we only have nine forwards, you said? Uh, it was 10 earlier today. I have to double check the cap friendly, but I'm pretty sure it's either nine or 10 once they took Tanev's off. All right. Yeah. And like I said, I mean, we said it before, it's going to be a fun summer. It'll be an interesting summer. Um, 
God, we only hope for the best because, mm -hmm. ah, man, because Hextall and Burke have their work cut out for them, and, mm -hmm. you know, we'll see where it goes from there. Well, we have a couple more things to discuss revolving around the Seattle expansion draft here in 2021. Obviously, one of them is going to be the roster. We'll get to that in a minute. Horwat, what have you thought of ESPN's broadcast so far tonight? I haven't seen much of it. Remember, I was flipping around streams. Ah, that's right. You you did say that. I, I know it is funny that it took about six picks to get somebody with an actual personality up on stage, and unfortunately, that was Macklemore. So, it, it, Dominic Moore coming over from NBC Sports to ESPN, I, I think he needs a little practice showing a little bit more personality. Uh, Kevin Weeks did a pretty good job in the few skits that he had, but yeah, definitely going to need a little bit more personality from the ESPN hosts for sure. Yeah, you will. Uh, yeah, who did they have on? I did see Dominic Moore was there. I, um, every, everyone saw the fish throw with Kevin Weeks. Mm -hmm. That wasn't. Alexander Kerr. No, it was Jared. But McCann. did you see there was a second video where it was McCann? I did not see the second video that showed McCann. There's no. a little, I guess there's a little um, backstage Hollywood thing that in most shows and like award shows and stuff like this where where like multiple names are possible, they will rehearse like if there's like with a, all the names with all the names um, or with mm -hmm. completely different names. Um, but I guess in this yeah. case they were just kind of rehearsing with multiple names from for example the Leafs so because yeah. I did see there was a McCann video as well so yeah and I guess that's how they do like you know award shows you kind of rehearse with all of them just so you're all so just so you have cameras lights and stuff like that set um, at least that's how they do it for award shows whereas this I don't know just gotta have all the names just so you know all the names because it was the yeah yeah so Interesting stuff, but that's a little backstage Hollywood stuff. As far as the ESPN broadcast is concerned, I did expect a little bit more considering it was their first event with the NHL since they re-signed that TV deal. Uh, it was cool to see the X Games before. Apparently that 12-year-old that beating Tony Hawk and getting the gold medal, that was pretty, pretty cool. Uh, but as far as the actual NHL expansion draft coverage is concerned... It, it could have been a little bit better. It was a little wonky, but, you know, it is the first one. Hopefully it improves from there. <laughs> yeah, it it will. They'll have their second chance with the regular draft in just a couple of days. Mm -hmm. And, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, when it comes to the team, I don't want to keep talking about how bad it might be. Jamie Alexiak, another former Penguin, by the way. Big old contract. Did you see that? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't see the exact contract. Do you have it in front of you? Uh, let me pull up Cap Friendly again, and I can tell you. But it's uh, he as of last time I checked, he was the highest paid defenseman on the team. Well, that's not saying much. They they did sign a lot of young players and a lot of prospects, basically. But while you do that, there is a we'll we'll pull up what the roster was expected to be earlier today. This is from the Slapshot Sweethearts on Twitter. They posted this Twitter rumored picks, but this is. Pretty much so far, everything that we've seen. Horowat, you, you've mentioned that you think it's a little underwhelming what this roster looks like. What do you think of some of the selections? We already mentioned Jordan Eberle. We mentioned a guy like Vitek Vanacek, uh, Jared McCann, Yanni Gord, and Brandon Tanev we talked about. But looking at this team, is it a playoff team to you in its first year as of now? Not really. They have... Mm -hmm a couple of guys that can be very good top end but then 
kind of nothing in the middle. You know, I think um, I think Thomas Franklin put it best that they don't have a middle six really. I mean, yeah, sure. I mean, they're gonna put McCann there because that's probably their best option at middle six. But don't use him at center. You use him at center, you're screwed. Not that McCann's not a good center, but he's more of a winger, and that's where he excels in. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know too much else. What we're not seeing here is the Colin Blackwell in New York, which we thought maybe there would be a trade or something involved. I don't know. Yeah. As I'm looking at... Yeah, those are the only two missing. Him and the uh, Detroit Red Wings for Dennis, Dennis Chalowski, a 24-year-old defenseman. Yeah, uh, who I know nothing about. So, But yeah, like the Colin Blackwell thing, very confusing just because apparently there was going to be some sort of trade and it involved Giordano, which... I guess didn't happen because Giordano is listed on the cap friendly as on their team. So that's an official pick. There you go. Uh, he is the highest paid defense behind Jamie Alexiak's 4.60. One, two, oh, one, two, three, four, five years at 4.6. That's a lot for Jamie Alexiak, man. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure why what garners that i mean i like the big rig don't get me wrong but that's a large contract i guess it's contract for contract's sake for a team that's trying to reach the cap floor at the very minimum but but on a team that's i'm not exactly sure but on a team that's gonna have giordano adam larson uh vince dunn i mean those are just the confirmed ones that are on the cap friendly here hayden flurry is he playing ahead of any of those guys maybe hayden flurry obviously Uh, Maybe Hayden Flurry, and honestly, I could see him and Giordano being the top pair, possibly. Ooh, okay. Whenever I whenever I drafted my team, which was far superior, um, I think he made like the third line. But mm-hmm. um, I don't know. My team was also uh, backstopped by Carey Price and Capo Kakinen, which neither of those happened. But Mm-mm. I don't know. Carey Price would have been so much fun. The Eurovechkin thing, which I think you we uh, talked about. And shoutouts and callouts, tons of fun. But no, the NHL is no fun. I saw Linda Cohn on on the pregame, or at least heard. I was listening to the ESPN pregame, or not pregame, but pre-show for the expansion draft, and she said that she predicts they'll make the playoffs. Clearly, not going to go to the Stanley Cup is, is her exact words, but she predicted they're going to make the playoffs out of that Pacific Division. I don't see it too much. I see a way in which they can because of how weak that division that to, could yeah, that be. That division's bad. Obviously, Vegas is going to team that's going to make it out there. I would imagine Edmonton with Connor McDavid and Dreisaitl are going to make it there. And then I, I think there's going to be only one other team. I don't think they're going to nab any of the two wild card spots. I think the Central will take both of them. So they're going to have to beat out a team like the LA Kings that might be a little bit better this year. They're going to have to beat out a team like... Who knows? Maybe the Ducks take a couple steps forward, but realistically, they're gonna be on the bubble there. I think only three teams in that Pacific, as as I look at it right now, are gonna make the playoffs. And if they can edge out that third place team, because I think the top two are locks with Vegas and Edmonton, but if they can edge out maybe a Vancouver, maybe a Calgary that could be there, then possibly make the playoffs. But realistically, looking at the roster as it stands right now, I don't think they're going very far, even if they do. I don't think so either, but. Got to watch ourselves. This is what we said last time. And again, it's going to suck for them all year being compared to Vegas. But guess what? They put they put you in a bad hole. Blame them. 
not everyone else because that's just what's going to happen. You're going to compare those two uh, organizations, but but that's only, that's literally only because Vegas went to the Cup final in their first year. If they just coasted their first year, not even their second year, I mean, if they were good their second year, whatever. But in their first year, if that didn't happen, we're just talking about Vegas as being just another bad team. I mean, not, not bad. necessarily. They've made the they, they've made the playoffs all four years. Not only that, but they've made the the conference finals. Three oh, I was talking about Seattle seasons. being bad team. Oh, Seattle being bad. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It, it's tough to tell before anybody's hit the ice. You don't know. Maybe Jared McCann is the next Jonathan Marshall, yeah. so or the next William Carlson. Who who really knows? But looking at this team right now, a team that is led by Jordan Eberle and and Yanni Gord, who. And that's another thing. The Tampa Bay Lightning have now lost two of their three third liners from the back-to-back cups. That's going to be tough for them to come around. But I know they got a little bit lucky in the cap situation with Gord going out. But looking at the rest of this team, at least Vegas had a guy in Marc-Andre Fleury coming off of back-to-back cups, specifically the 2017 run where he backstopped the first two rounds. Whereas you got a lot of unproven quantities there with Chris Drieger and Vitek Vanacek from the Washington Capitals. So if they pan out, Ron Francis will look like a genius. But there's a chance that they don't pan out. Yeah. It, I mean, that, that division is bad, so maybe something... I mean, they stumble their way in. I mean... Possibly. Uh, this is why we play the games, though. And it'll be exciting because they're a new team anyway. It'll be fun to watch. Um, these new guys in their new homes just trying to try and probably trying to match if not excel what the Vegas Golden Knights did in their first year because that's why you you know are in this league that's what you want to be doing um, yeah I just uh, I don't know this team looks bad on paper but when you don't know half the names that's kind of why <laughs> Yeah, and as we say with the Pittsburgh Penguins, there's a lot of offseason still left, and Seattle's going to have some cap space to work with. Whether they use it this offseason or if they wait to use it, they might make some trades. Who knows? Because that was a big thing with Vegas, as you mentioned. They made trades during and after the expansion draft. They made not really any big signings following that, but you look at some of the trades they've made in the first four years of their existence, bringing in Mark Stone, who's now their captain, bringing in Pacioretty, Moving a lot of pieces around. I know James Neal was an inaugural player on that David team. Perron. Those are the reasons that we saw Vegas as a team that could possibly get into the playoffs in the same division, may I remind mm-hmm. you. But Seattle, I, I just, the names just aren't clicking on that certain level. Even Jonathan Marchessault was a 30-goal scorer in Florida before he got taken by the Vegas Golden Knights. So I, I'm not sure. But if, if McCann finds his stride and if... Brandon Tanev goes off. I mean, good yeah. for him. I, I'm, I'm going to be happy for him. Uh, it sucks that the Penguins had to lose him, but it seems like it's in a way that Ron Hextall is going to be able to turn this around. Hopefully he uses that cap space for good and not evil, but that's what we're going to do here the next couple of weeks. We're going to sit here and we're going to watch and see what he does with the space he just created. Yeah, we are. And when it comes to Seattle, um, the players to keep an eye on are pretty much... Uh, Giordano, former, um, former, con- or, no, was N- former Norris. Norris winner, former captain, could be the captain of that team if they want to select one right away. That'd be cool. Mm-hmm. Um, Don Scoy might be able to pop off, even though I know he's kind of a bottom six guy. 
also yeah megan i know i can hear you literally crying <laughs> in the other room i was about to say we might have to end this soon so you can console your girlfriend yeah. because i know this is not going to be easy for her it's not um <laughs> yeah just players to keep an eye out for vince dunn is supposed to be really good he'll be fun to watch over there on a new team and then jared mm -hmm. mccann because this lineup's kind of thin forward wise and he's got the ability to absolutely pop off and he'd be one of those guys to do it I, just looking at this list there's not too many other people who jordan eberly who can you know set this team apart that's going to be the issue there, setting that team apart mm -hmm. so that's going to do it for this episode of the tip of the iceberg if you're listening back on podcast version we will be back after a quick break with our shout outs and call out segment but if you're on the live stream we thank you whether it was on Facebook, on Twitter, or on YouTube. We appreciate you tuning in and spending a little bit of time with us here. We know that it is not easy to lose players in the expansion draft. Luckily, there's not another one coming down the pike for a very long time, at least expectedly not a very long time. And the Pittsburgh Penguins do have some cap space, so there's a lot that's going to happen in the near future. But like we mentioned, we're going to take a quick break. If you're on podcast version, we'll be back with shout-outs and call-outs. Hockey fights, lifestyle, and tales from a first-round draft bust? We have it all and more on the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for boutique hockey content and podcasts covering every team in the NHL. Welcome back to the Tip of the Iceberg podcast, brought to you as always by the Hockey Podcast Network, as well as DraftKings. Make sure you use promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, as well as DraftKings Daily Fantasy for great odds and great opportunities, thanks to DraftKings and the Hockey Podcast Network. Well, if you're tuning into the podcast version, you just heard us talk about the reaction of the Seattle Kraken expansion draft, which ended at approximately 2 p.m., even though the short, the, 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 short, the uh, show didn't start until 8 p.m., but we do have our shout-outs and call-outs, and I, I feel like one of these is going to continue to be on the expansion draft path. But, Horwat, what is your shout-out? Let's get that out of the way first, considering I know they're both going to be... The call-outs are going to be probably the same. Yeah, no, we're jumping right into it, clearly. And uh, before we even dig in to our call-outs, let's just you know show a little dark side of Hollywood. We're recording this before the actual draft. We For are. all we know, everything could have been a lie. But for, as it stands right now, uh, we're still sure everything will stay the same. Mm. But to the shout-outs, and then we can get into everything. I'm shouting out the uh, the Bryson DeChambeau and Brooks Kepco rivalry in the PGA because golf is interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you it's interesting even without this rivalry. Um, it's And it is more than just an on-the-course rivalry. Just watching them throw jabs at each other is hysterical. And I, for one, personally, am just not a Bryson DeChambeau guy. If anyone watched me tweet during the, oh, which one was that? The Open? The U.S. Open? Whichever one, Bryson hit it next to the Stella, the box of Stella. Um, I don't remember which one that was, but I was tweeting about him and Rory McIlroy having downfalls, and I loved it. Uh, but so, but watching him and Brooks Kepka just toss jabs at each other, it's awesome. The big one that sparked this for my shout-out was Bryson... Um, not being happy with his driver and the company that sponsors his driver responded saying uh hit the fairway basically <laughs> which is good for them because yeah bryson can hit the ball a mile cool hit the fairway that's kind of why you lose mm -hmm. um 
And then uh, Brooks Kepka immediately following that up with, uh, hit hit good drives today. I like my driver. Just small things. It's incredible stuff. And they take it to Twitter sometimes. They're funny guys, honestly. Yeah, they're yeah. I'm not a Bryson guy, but this is a cool rivalry. And again, it brings eyes to the sport that is admittedly kind of hard to watch sometimes. There was a while there that the question was, how is the PGA going to get back to as watchable as it was in the prime years of Tiger Woods? Because Tiger Woods is obviously still that draw whenever he gets back from all of his injuries sustained in the accident. If he does. If he does. But a couple years ago, the question was, how can they get eyes on the sport? Obviously, these, quote, the match things have gotten a lot of eyes on the sport of golf. But I think this is something natural for the PGA, this rivalry between Kepka and DeChambeau. For a while there, people were saying, oh, Rory McIlroy will bring fans. For a while there, people were saying Jordan Spieth will bring fans. And yeah, they they do bring some in small quantities. But a rivalry like this, I mean, Brooks Kepka is an absolute animal. Even with surgery on his knee and having a rough season, he is still one of the most fun golfers to watch. And then personality-wise, the fight between DeChambeau and Kepka is what's making the PGA much more watchable this year. And honestly, it's what the PGA needed. It might not have known it needed it, but it's what it needed. Also, Brooks Kepka, notably out of Champion Lakes Golf Club in whereas Legonier, Pennsylvania, my grandfather's old stomping grounds there with Dick Grote, former Pittsburgh Pirate, also in that clubhouse. So definitely somebody that I'm going to be pulling for in Kepka, not as much as I'm going to be pulling for DeChambeau because I also don't really, really like DeChambeau all that much. But I think it's good for the sport. He's a bit of a hothead. I will say he he himself can bring eyes to the game because mm-hmm. in in most sports, people want to come see the big things. I mean, people want to see more home runs in baseball, more goals in hockey, uh, more slam dunks and three-pointers in basketball. He hits the ball far, yeah. and that's what we want to see in golf. Granted, golf is generally a boring sport if you're not playing it. Mm-hmm. Um, I love golf to death, but I cannot sit and watch it every weekend. I can't. I will watch the Saturday and the Sundays of the majors or the fun tournaments. That's what makes um, the Waste Management one in Arizona, that 16th hole par three, incredible. Mm -hmm. That's always Super Bowl weekend. Yeah, the stadium setting, literally a stadium. The entire hole is surrounded by, oh, I forget how many seats however many seats it is but and they make noise the entire time it's that's awesome stuff mm-hmm. um but yeah no if you're not into golf it's really hard to watch and i get it but watching a guy hit a ball 300 yards it's that's awesome stuff so he's a guy that you know you can rally around and use to bring in a new crowd because that's the fun part of the sport and it'll be fun to see where this rivalry goes and how the pga decides to market it and see what they do next year once we see how it matures in, the, in this rivalry stage. But definitely definitely a good shout-out there. We want to see more of DeChambeau versus Kepka. But I want to bring it back to hockey here for my shout-out. And obviously, to me, honestly, the biggest story of the week. I know the Seattle expansion draft's going on. I know the NHL entry draft is going on. But at the beginning of the week, I think the biggest, most important story for the NHL of the week is Luke Prokop. He became the first active NHL-affiliated player to come out as gay. He plays in the Nashville Predators organization for the Calgary Hitmen right now of the WHL. And what I loved 
about all of this. Obviously, a very brave thing on his part to do, not knowing what the response could be from the media, could be from the fan bases. The media and the NHL itself, I, I think, handled this extremely well, and I hope that he is happy with the way that everything came out. I know he mentioned that it's been a great weight lifted off his shoulders, that it was really hard for him last season. So I'm very happy that that has come out in the way that it seems very good. There's always going to be people that are going to say the wrong things as far as commenters on social media. And honestly, I think the NHL went back at a lot of them, which is something that we don't see very often from the NHL. And I really loved seeing that. So obviously, shout out to, to Luke Prokop for coming out as gay, for doing something very brave, and also a shout out to, to the league because they were able to have a really good response. And, and there's sometimes that you could be scared about what response you're going to get from the NHL, but this time a, a tremendously fantastic response from the league, from the players of the Nashville Predators, from the players across the league. It was just a very good story that realistically it's not a story. It, it, it's about inclusivity in the game, and that's what we want as fans of the game, as people that love the game. We want everyone to feel welcome in this culture, and that was just a fantastic moment whenever we saw this all come out and all of the stuff that resulted in it. Yeah, it's, that's always incredible stuff. People being able to um, be themselves like that and open up to the world, it's not an easy thing to do mm -hmm. at any point. Um, it's hard enough. I mean, I know I don't know too much about the whole situation because I haven't looked too deep into it, but I saw it happen, and that's awesome stuff. And um, I didn't read comments because you just know what that's going to be. Yeah. We still... It's, that's why it's hard still in this day and age to do that kind of thing. Um, it's hard coming out to your family, let alone the world. So, um, yeah, it's just awesome stuff for him. It's good to see the NHL and the players and a lot of fans generally, really, um, in full support of this. I mean, there's no reason why, because he is the way he is. I don't even know how to put it correctly, because this mm -hmm. is still such a new topic for so many people. I mean, Especially in professional sports. Yeah, um, but... The fact that he's able to come out like that and be proud and be um, himself and not have to hide anything. It's awesome stuff. And uh, hopefully it opens the door, obviously, for more people who might feel like they're you know, trapped in a way to open up and be themselves. The world is more accepting than people give it credit for, but uh, there will always be the negative side to it. So, again, shout out to him. It's uh, big stuff no matter what. And... Again, maybe it just opens the door for more people. And the dude is a defensive defenseman, like I said, for the Calgary Hitmen. Maybe we'll see him in Nashville here in a couple of years and, and possibly for the Predators who are a organization. Wow, I can't <laughs> speak today. But an organization that prides itself on its defenseman the last half a decade. So we'll see and obviously follow along with his career in right now the WHL. But let's get to our call-outs, Horwat, because that is one that – very few times do we have one that we both unanimously want to talk about as both yeah. of our call-outs, and that's what we have this week. I'll let you start and take it over. It is uh, it is going to be more of a conversational call-out this week because it has to do with, and there's a lot of people involved, but we'll title it the way everyone will understand it, the Frank Zeravalli situation where um, the NHL has this, like I said, we're recording this before the draft actually happens, but... That doesn't make a difference whenever we record this at 3.30. And at 1.30, uh, 29 of the 30 players have been leaked or reported upon that they're going to be taken by by Seattle. Um, I was originally going to shout uh, Frank Zervalli out myself because he has done work this week. He's done 
um, impressive digging and impressive uh, news story stuff throughout the week. And don't get me wrong, that can't be taken away from him. But everything that happened Wednesday morning onward is kind of what uh, we're here to discuss because it sucked all of the fun, all of the suspense, and all of the surprises out of what is supposed to be the selection of a new team and the big event that the NHL is putting on this summer. The, hey, we have a new team. This Seattle franchise, brand new. They don't have any players yet, so tune in to watch and see who they pick. Well, everyone, all they have to do is look at Twitter, and they can find it. It's there. It's 3.48 in the afternoon uh, Eastern time, and the whole team selected, basically. Except for the Detroit Red Wings, who... Who are they going to take Troy Stetcher? Are they going to take... Who else is even unprotected over there? I don't know. Um, there's just nothing to tune in for anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe some trades. Apparently Colin Blackwell might be staying in New York when Giordano's going. I don't know. That, that'll that be interesting to see, but that's something you can do on Twitter. Mm-hmm. I've seen people say this is a cool thing. It's kind of like free agency. No, it's not. This is nothing like no. free agency. This is literally players getting getting taken from another team. Free agency is it's okay when the reporters do it there because that's how we learn about it. That's just the mm-hmm. way it is. And, um, yeah, I know you have a lot more to say on it as well, so I'll throw it up to you and we'll just conversate about this. Well, we talked about Luke Prokop playing for the Calgary Hitmen. I'm sure the NHL and ESPN are going to be looking to hire actual Hitmen <laughs> to go out and attack Frank Saravalli after literally breaking basically every selection of the Seattle Kraken at least – five hours ahead of this event. And that's why, to me, it is so much different than the free agency. It's so much different than the trade deadline. This was supposed to be a spectacle. This was supposed to be a grandiose show to welcome to the Seattle Kraken and to also kick off this new TV deal with ESPN. And I know that there's been some people that says, oh, serves ESPN right, they put it on ESPN too. Listen, in the United States, if you're not realizing the fact that ESPN2 is a higher value channel than NBC Sports ever was, then you realize that this is already the ESPN making things right for the NHL. And obviously, to go along with that also, the NHL will have their schedule release on Sports Center at 6 o'clock tonight on Thursday, the day after we had the expansion draft in the day before the NHL entry draft. So clearly ESPN is taking a lot of interest in getting these rights and they're starting off pretty well. I haven't at this point seen what they did with the Kraken expansion draft as Horrod has mentioned, but now there's going to be so much less viewership because people already know the people that don't want to watch and see what ESPN did are just going to look at the roster and say, okay, I have better things to do with my time on a Wednesday night, like tune into the live stream of tip of the iceberg podcast. But at the same time, I understand getting the scoop. We're both journalists, ex-journalist students, current journalists that we understand what it means to get the scoop. We understand why people want to get the scoop, but this 29 out of 30 picks, before even 4 p.m. Eastern time, that is unbelievably ridiculous. It takes all of the fun out of what was supposed to be a very exciting all-eyes-on event. And honestly, I understand Frank Saravalli doing his job. I I get that to an extent. But at the same time, man, it just sucked the fun out of Wednesday night, didn't it? It really did. And like you mentioned, we understand that you get the scoop and you want to put it out there. You kind of want to have your name on it. But... It 
and that's just the way it is. That's the way the media industry is. You, you're your first. You got it. You report it. You do whatever. But when it's taking the fun out of a big event, like this is a big deal for the NHL, and they just lost the casual viewership, I think, mm-hmm. because now they're all they've already seen it. This uh, tweet is hysterical, and I have one <laughs> more tweet to shout out whenever uh, we finish talking about this picture too. Yeah, no problem. Obviously, this tweet came out. You sent it to me earlier in the yep. day. It came out at. 12.20 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Frank Saravalli, 11 breaks per hour, 25 ignored texts from Gary Bettman, and zero fucks given about the ESPN Draft Podcast. You sent it to me. I was in the middle of door dashing, which I, I do want to talk about there briefly uh, a little bit later, but I saw this and I just cracked up. Yeah, it's very much the way it is, and I appreciate that we're following Frank Saravalli because, uh, hey, now we know who's on Seattle. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, Frank Saravalli does great work every like all the time. I mean... Daily Faceoff. I'm actually a little surprised that they write stories. It's not a site I usually think of whenever I'm looking for uh, hockey stories and news-breaking stuff. But hey, you know what? He did his work. He got uh, somewhere he's confident in, and he's, you know, making headlines now. Um, but so he straight up just kind of announced the names. I will say he did it in a weird way, where there was a couple where it was uh, like the Montreal one. Mm-hmm. The Kraken are not gonna, are not going to select Carey Price. Yeah. But it could be, and lists the name, who I don't even remember now. Kale Flurry? Kale Flurry. There you go. There's a name. But one, I do want to shout out one tweet that I found whenever I was flipping through um, all the nonsense that was happening. Mm-hmm. It was by Scott Powers, who is the Chicago Blackhawks writer for The Athletic. He said, it sounds like the Kraken really went off board with their pick from the Blackhawks. Don't have a specific name yet, but I'm told it's someone... It's not someone you'd expect. That's the way to do it. If you have the names, yeah. that's the way to do it. Build the suspense. Ha- say, hey, this is a shocker. Montreal could have been a perfect one. Hey, because either way, hey, Montreal's taking or going to have a interesting name taken. Well, now you've built a suspense. Is it Carey Price? Is it someone else? We don't know. We have to tune in to see. When you straight up say the names, well, there's no point in tuning in now. We know who it is. It's not Carey Price. It's... Even if he said it's not Carey Price, left it at that. All right, we roll along. Who's it going to be? Now we kind of have to watch. Is it Paul Byron? Is it going to be Kale? Caden Kane Flurry? Kale? Kale. Kale. I'm never going to get his name right. So there's Caden Primo in that yes, organization. That's why. And, um, and there's the and, tweet you're alluding to from Scott Powers. <laughs> yes. Um, it's And that's the way to do it. Just um, say, hey, we got some. We got intel that there's going to be some interesting stuff from these certain teams or big names not being taken or big names are being taken don't list the names directly because then like i said i have a notebook here that has 29 of the 30 teams yeah taken and uh hey for what it's worth uh jared mccann an easy pick and <laughs> tanov man you hate to see it but uh well uh i'm sure the brain of tanov reaction i'm sure you heard already actually yeah. if you're listening to this part of the episode you've already heard it so i won't go any further it's a weird organization of recording an episode but yes. for sure we definitely touched on that in the first segment and you know what I, it, when this all came out i was gonna boycott social media for the day which is not a hard thing to do but it's just inevitable <laughs> with something this big i'm getting text messages and yeah. from, from you from doug from everybody yeah. else that's our friends just talking about it obviously the hockey podcast network slack channel is bumping today so yeah. it's inevitable that you're going to see some of these leaks. And I saw that the Pittsburgh Penguins won unwillingly. It was it popped up on my phone 
when I was looking at my phone. So I, I had no idea that it was going to come up there. So it's not something that you can easily avoid, especially if you're somebody that's trying to cover the sport in any way, shape or form. And initially I was very upset at Frank Saravalli. And I still, you know, at this, at some point you do realize it is his job to do that. And he is trying to make money in a profession. So I understand what he's doing. I think I lay more blame on his sources because they then just don't care about the league or about ESPN or about, honestly, the Seattle Kraken. I'm sure the Kraken would have loved to have some great you know, surprises come out of this, and they're not going to have any. And the excitement around their team just went down at least like 10%, I think, nationwide. So I, I, I blame the sources more than I blame Frank Saravalli because he is just doing his job. But on the sources side, I mean, maybe – I know the NHL doesn't care to that extent, but maybe – levy some fines against anybody that they find leaking stuff like this when it's as high profile as an expansion draft. The, the last one we're going to see for a long time, I would imagine. I would imagine that too. 30 going past 32 teams is difficult. Yeah. Um, it's, it's all very much also, I mean the free agent signings I get like announcing, Hey, Jamie Alexiak, Adam Larson might be good. That's fine. That's literally a free agent signing that yeah. we see all the time. Mm-hmm. The Chris Drieger thing. Chris Drieger. See, I'm yes. messing up names. Yep. Yes, no, got Chris Drieger. You're good. Keep going. Um, yeah, I get that. Those are your free agent signings. That's different. They are allowed to talk to free agents. They're not like those are the ones you're going to announce like that. By the way, I called the Alexiak thing, and that was I felt like he that might not have been the pick, but hey, there we go. I got one. Yeah. But just that's those are the only ones that make sense to me. I get, yeah. I get. You do you gotta do what you gotta do, but I don't know. I shouldn't be sitting here just before four looking at twenty nine of the thirty names and yeah. And also kind of realizing this team's not that great yet. See, they'll have room. And another thing, too, we're all finding this, out about this because they're mm-hmm. going to have so much room and room in the cap. They can do basically whatever they want with free agency. Free agency starts in a week. They could be names on some of these big players that are free agents. There are also the weird thing about our, our recording schedule right now is mm-hmm. there's also some side deals that are going to come out tonight. So the Kraken might get extra draft picks, extra players that we don't know about. I mean, it might yeah, be Jake Voracek from Philly that, that gets thrown in because Philly's trying to get rid of him. You never yeah. know what's going to happen at this current point that we're recording this. But if you look at the team right now, they definitely leaned prospect heavy on what we're seeing on paper right now of what's leaked. They left left out Tarasenko, left out Price, left out Max Domi. Left out Alex Ovechkin. Uh, <laughs> as funny as that would have been. Um, mass chaos would have been his, that would have just been fun. Yeah. They, they wake up and choose violence that, which they should have done. Also think about the time difference here. The, the roster was due at 10 AM Eastern. Yeah. 7 AM Pacific. 7 AM over there. These names were coming out. What I had the last name pulled in at one thirty. It's not even lunchtime over there yet. Yeah. And they already know their entire team. Yeah. That's I hope, brutal. I hope Kevin Weeks is getting a really good per diem because all those shorts he just shot meant absolutely nothing. Oh, the fish throw. The fish <laughs> throw video. If you That's why I'm excited. Co- That's why I was excited to watch it because I knew they were doing some fun stuff with it. Like they, they invited a bunch of celebrities, former mm-hmm. and athletes, stuff to do this, and now it's kind of You're like you said, they're gonna lose the casual viewer. Yeah, the casual viewer's done. They know the, what the team is. Yep. Um but <clears throat> Again, I'll tune in too. Don't get me wrong, but as long as ESPN Plus lets me, yeah. But it'll just be, it'll basically 
it'll basically be me with my notebook checking off if that's who mm-hmm. was leaked and who got picked. I'm assuming it's going to be 29 for 29. Probably, co- yeah. There, there. I would assume that Sarah Volley would not put out names unless he was pretty confident that that's who was going to go. Yeah. I mean, I've seen tweets that are like, maybe this was all a ruse. That would be amazing, honestly. That would... He would be tanking but, his credibility. Yeah, but at this, I mean, everyone's credibility though, because everyone kind of hopped on the train. That's true. I mean, there was a ton of uh, Chris Johnston and Elliot Friedman and Pierre LeBrun tweets, so I mean, mm-hmm. it would be everyone's. Yeah. Uh, but at least they would know not to take away the credibility from them because they are just reporting what they were given, mm-hmm. and what they were given was wrong. So you kind of have to blame who gave it to them, which would be the Seattle Kraken, yeah. and that's just. Um, a, a bold-faced lie, but B, also mass chaos. Yeah. Because then, guess what? Max Domi. <laughs> guess what? Carey Price. I mean, it could be fun if they did something like that, but again, you already lost the viewership. How many people are going to tune in to see it later? Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's, it's a thin line. No, it's not all a ruse. These are probably all the real names, but uh, we'll see how it goes. Yep. Well, that's going to do it. But before we go, I do want to talk a little bit. Uh, you can tune out if you were here for Hockey Talk and Hockey Talk alone, but I had my first DoorDash experience today as oh, a yeah. Dasher, which I was uh, kind of anxious about doing it. I don't know. It's kind of weird just walk, mm-hmm. going up to random people's houses, and you were a delivery driver, so <laughs> right, you, yeah. you know it. But it's funny how you can tell different establishments. Like, I had two for a random Chinese local restaurant. I had one for Panera, and I had one for Chick-fil-A. And it just further encapsulated the fact that Chick-fil-A's customer service is unparalleled to everyone. Of those four, they were above and beyond the best to deal with. And by deal with, I mean they had the food ready, packed nicely, and were very kind to me, even though I had no idea what I was doing. But no, it's a it's kind of a fun experience there. I enjoy listening to podcasts, and I listened to a bunch of them today while I did that for a couple hours and made some money. So I enjoyed it, and I'm sure there's going to be some interesting stories to come from that i did have a, a one zero dollar tip one that was the longest drive i had to take and i was like well that that's kind of crappy but you know you live and you learn and you deal with it yeah it sucks when your pay is based on tips um, yes but you gotta do what you gotta do and you get it's hey it's, it's a it's an income source mm-hmm. and it's uh it can be dangerous at times you know it's a little sketchy sometimes out there but yeah. uh and that's probably where yeah. the anxiety really kicked in for you, just that it can be sketchy out there. But I mean, not really, because it was like noon. <laughs> you never know, though. It's, yeah. Um, but I do want to bring back just to the ex- to the ex- uh, expansion thing one last time, because yeah. I just saw a, uh, a headline, which is from the NHL.com. It says, the Kraken expansion draft to be held tonight. That's the headline. The sub-headline, Seattle will reveal 30 selections, and it lists Giordano, Ovechkin, <laughs> and Price as those being available. No one has been having the conversation of Ovechkin being available, okay? We we know that that's not happening. I mean, it would be fun, wouldn't it? I, I know the guys over at Caps Chirp talked about it a couple months ago. Jokingly, obviously. And yeah. I know the guys over at the Soda Pod did last week. So, I mean, it's a fun little, little experiment. And I think if Seattle did it, that would just mean Ron Francis has the biggest cojones in the GM's pool. And that's it. Yeah, I mean, again, like, you're not going to get him to sign, but it'd be... Hey, you might. You have the cap space. You do, you do have the cap <laughs> Judging hey, by everyone hey, else Ovi, here. Hey, how's $20 million for one year sound? <laughs> oh, shit. Max, Max Chaos, man. And it's then just what it... trade him back to Washington 
for all of the first retain round picks half the money <laughs> he's 10 million dollars then and get two first round picks or something i don't know just just choose chaos choose violence if you're ron francis they really could have man they really could have yeah well unfortunately they didn't and unfortunately that is the end of this episode of the tip of the iceberg thank you to everybody who tuned in live last night during the nhl expansion draft on twitter facebook and youtube and thank you to everybody that listened back to the podcast version the shout outs and call outs that we just did will be live on not live but on youtube in video format so definitely check out our youtube page at tip of the iceberg podcast but that's going to do it for this episode have a good weekend pens fans You can follow us on Twitter at Nick Horwat 41 and at Nick underscore Berlansky. You can also follow the show's Twitter handle at Iceberg Podcast. This podcast can be found anywhere you get your podcasts from, so please subscribe and rate us on Apple Podcasts. We are brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. You can visit them on Twitter at HockeyPodNet or at the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. Every team, everywhere.